Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, welcome to the New Books in Jewish Studies podcast. I am your host, Ari Barbalat. Today, it is my honor to be in dialogue with Ivo Goldstein. We will be discussing his recently published book, which he wrote with Slavko Goldstein, The Holocaust in Croatia, published in Pittsburgh by University of Pittsburgh Press, in association with the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, 2016. Ivo Goldstein graduated in history at the University of Zagreb, received his PhD in history from the University of Belgrade. Since 2001, he has served as full professor at the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences in Zagreb. His initial areas of expertise were Byzantine, and Croatian history in the Middle Ages, but since the 1990s, he has focused on Croatian history in the 20th century. Ivo served as ambassador of Croatia to France and to UNESCO between 2013 and 2017. In 2019, Ivo became a member of the Academy of Sciences and Arts of Bosnia and Herzegovina, In 2022, he became the Knight of the National Order of the Legion of Honor of the French Republic. Ivo, it's an honor to be with you. Well, thanks for the invitation and um, possibility to to speak and uh, to communicate certain things which I think are very uh, important and interesting for your public, Ari. To begin, please tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up? What formative events in your life inspired the scholar you are today? Well, I, as you said in my in the introduction, I was born in Zagreb. I graduated in Zagreb. I um, lived in, um, let's say, um, middle class family in socialistic Yugoslavia. Uh, we were not uh, linked to the Communist Party, but I have put possibility to get quite a good education. After I graduated, I became assistant at the university at the same department where I graduated. Very recently after that, I studied for one year in Paris. Then um, a couple of years after that, because I was in those times specialist in Byzantine history, uh, I went to Athens for a year uh, to to get to get another special special uh, specialization so it was uh, 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 between that uh, I I I married I now have two grown up uh, uh, daughters unfortunately I have no uh, uh, um, grandsons or red daughters but that's part of my um, family life which is not important for in this in, in, in this context. Uh, in the meantime, I uh, wrote uh, 
many books, among them, uh, as you said, Holocaust in Croatia was published in English. Then uh, I uh, wrote um, uh, Croatia, uh, history, Croatia History, which was published in London and at McGill University Press in Montreal. So it's a Canadian edition. And it was in 1999. And um, I had a... Um, let's say, a um, characteristic career of the university professor, uh, which is uh, which finished a couple of months ago when I retired because I, uh, I was 65 last year. And now I'm working as a, a editor in one publishing company. I'm still um, participating or leading uh, certain uh, projects in uh, in Zagreb, in Croatia. So I am quite active. I didn't retire as a, well, it's, it cannot say I'm informally I retired, but uh, actually I'm working very, very hard still. And of course, I am um, engaged in various um, public uh, activities, uh, uh, I'm um, very often um, participating in uh, various discussions in Croatia, in neighboring countries, uh, uh, sometimes linked with the Jews, uh, um, culture of memory of the Second World War, etc., etc. But uh, Jewish history or history of the Jews of Croatia and the history of the Jews of ex-Yugoslavia was one of the of the subjects which are which I was working on in the last, uh, let's say, 20, 25, 30 years. So, and I'm continuing even today. What inspired you to write this book? What message do you hope to convey to readers? Well, I um, that started in the 90s of the 20th century. Uh, in those times, there was practically nothing because... Uh, in the socialistic Yugoslavia or in Croatia, which was part of Yugoslavia, uh, there was no particular interest of the history of the uh, national minorities. It was um, it was the time when um, we were speaking, of course, very much about genocide, Holocaust, atrocities uh, uh, committed by the Nazis and by the Italians and by the Ustasha. Uh, but uh, the particular Jewish history of Croatia or of Zagreb has has hasn't been written. So my uh, as I uh, started to go in more and more into 20th century history, I started to make research to to, to investigate the history of the Jews um, in the recent 100 150 years. So, um, and I thought it will be one book, but uh, I found in the archives the funds which were uh, very interesting. Nobody even never used them, and uh, I saw that that, that then can be really a uh, 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 very important <laughs> book which will give completely new perspective. Uh, for the of the history of the Holocaust in Zagreb and in Croatia, namely, I was able uh, because of the sources which were very abundant to uh, 
retrace and to construct personal history, history or stories of the personal uh, suffering and uh, a mass crime which was committed by the Ustasha, suffering of the Jews. So this was uh, uh, published, the first edition of uh, Holocaust in Croatia, which is in uh, in uh, Croatia called Holocaust of Zagreb, was published in Zagreb in 2001. And then, as you said, in Wisconsin and in Washington, D.C., 2016, uh, where uh, I had presented the, the the suffering of the Jews and the Holocaust and the mass crime uh, of, in, um, in Croatia, which was not very much known uh, in the international public. So that was uh, the book which I'm proud of. I think that we made uh, my father and me, my late father wrote about 20% of the book. And I did uh, the, the the core uh, uh, research, and I wrote another this additional eighty percent, where we really uh, presented the detailed history of the suffering, which was even uh, not known to those to the survivors. My late professor Miriam Agros, who died in the uh, at the age of ninety in two thousand twelve and uh, survived Nazi camps uh, of Ravensbrück. Uh, she said, and she was there for two and a half years, uh, she said, I didn't know anything about that when the, book, uh, when the book was published. I practically didn't have any information about the suffering of the Jews because her, uh, she and her parents were hiding from the beginning of the uh, uh, Nazi occupation for two years, then their shelter was revealed by the Nazis and they were sent to the Nazi camps in uh, in Germany, in the Reich. So uh, they, she didn't have any uh, connection. She was not informed by the, by the terror and by the hor uh, horrifying things which were uh, going, uh, um, which were going on in the in the neighborhood, almost. In the, she was living in a sub in the village, uh, in the almost in the suburbs of Zagreb. So, uh, for many people, uh, particularly Jews who were either hiding or left Zagreb, even these things which we revealed through our um, research in the archives, archives was not known. And I think. Uh, 23 years after the first Croatian edition was, was published, that we made some kind of a pillar, uh, sometime, something what um, was followed by the other researchers, my younger, my younger friends and collaborators. And uh, I think the Judaic studies, not only in Croatia, but in neighboring countries, uh, got um, or uh, <laughs> Uh, got impetus and, uh, uh, after 2001 and under after a couple of books which were uh, which were published in 2001 and in the following years uh, i i wrote another one another another book which is uh, uh, jews in zagreb from 1918-1941 that was the peak of the jewish of the uh, community of the activities in the jewish community in zagreb 
in the interwar period because in Croatia the the Second World War started in 1941 and the occupation. So uh, that was the book uh, which. Uh, uh, is part of uh, the whole history of the Jewish community, and I plan to 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 to, to write another two books on the history of the, the Jews in Zagreb before 1918, and then the fourth book will be after 1945. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I wrote the book History of Antisemitism in Croatia, and another one. Another one, all, all unfortunately in creation, about uh, historical revisionism, which was published last year, just um, six months ago, on historical revisionism uh, in uh, in Croatia. So, um, in some, this is something, and we have, of course, me and uh, my my collaborators um, finished the Jewish biographical lexicon which is unfortunately only in Croatian, but it is um, uh, available on internet uh, and uh, people can see it in Croatian. For some reasons, it is not published as a book, but uh, you can see the, the names, you can uh, see the um, alphabet there, and many people, even without any knowledge in Croatian, uh, uh, were using this uh, uh, this um, uh, uh, lexicon and tried to reveal history of their uh, history of their family. So this is what we did. Not only me, but uh, uh, and not only my father, but uh, Slavko, but uh, the other people who were uh, during all these years around. And we have now just uh, a month ago, or less than a month ago. In, uh, in the town of Rijeka, uh, which is on the seaside, um, there were uh, uh, young scholars in their 30s found the Institute for um, Research of the Holocaust in Croatia, uh, Holocaust and uh, related uh, mass crimes, which will, will um, I think, um, have a in 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 coming years will be very active and will contribute to the to uh, keep an eye on the on the Jewish history and the, the, to organize the constant uh, research on the history of Jews in 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 Croatia. What are the primary themes in this book? What story and stories does your book tell? Well, uh, the 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 nature of the documents. Are astonishing when and nobody knew about them for uh, because uh, uh, Croatia, the history of Croatia is I would say uh, in a way mixed. Uh, from uh, we are we were for centuries part of Austro-Hungarian Austrian Habsburg Empire, and uh, this um, character of this empire contributed to the to the nature of the administration in um, in our country. Although we were on the border of the empire, so the influence of uh, the Ottoman Empire and uh, the East was is also vivid. So uh, we were in, um, during the Ustasha regime, witnessing horrible crimes committed by the Ustasha and their collaborators, Nazis, on one hand. On the other hand, 
the, the regime of the Ustasha was producing very important documents of their of their terror. For example, they were uh, uh, they were throwing Jews from their apartments. The Jewish community of Zagreb, for example, which had about twelve thousand inhabitants, uh, hundreds of Jewish families were thrown out of their apartments in the center in the in the downtown area. And all of these you have uh, documents, documents which list all the things which were kept in the uh, kept in the apartment. Uh, they just uh, concluded that the Jewish family had uh, one one hour to leave the apartment. Uh, what they took, what they had to leave. Uh, blankets, shirts, socks, trousers, uh, even uh, flour, oil, eggs. So it's uh, th there are so many astonishing documents which show in detail the, the, the history of the Jewish suffering. Of course, everything was have been uh, everything has been uh, organized according to the patterns of the Nazi uh, persecution of the Jews. Uh, that means the, the phase of the uh, uh, the phase of uh, 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 how, uh, the phase of uh, persecution or uh, propaganda against the Jews. Then the phase of concentration, that means in 1941, when they started to uh, uh, to send the, the Jews uh, to the concentration camps. Uh, in the first phase, only working camps or concentration camps. And the last phase was the, the phase of extermination. That means that the, 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 the people, the Jews and the others, because the... Uh, not only the Jews were targeted in the Ust during the Ustasha rule, but also the the, the Roma, uh, the Serbs, and many Croats who were anti-fascist were also victims of the regime. So the Jews were sent in the last stage of this uh, uh, process of the Holocaust. Uh, either they were uh, 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 shot by the firing squads, or were were sent to the death camps where they were executed. So um, this is what I tried to do, not to speak about, um, not to create only the general picture. The general picture is also, I mean, it's uh, it's obvious when you read the book and you uh, you do you end reading the book, but you have the uh, whole. Uh, histories, personal histories, where you see the uh, horrifying picture of how this crime was organized uh, step by step. The in the in the camps in uh, Yasenovac camp, which was the biggest uh, camp in um, in the uh, so-called independent Ustasha independent state of Croatia. Uh, these horrifying things were happening uh, 
on daily basis in this uh, in Yasenovac about 85 to 100,000 people have been killed something like um, i would say we assess that about out of this um, 85 to 100,000 people which uh, were killed something like 17,000 have been killed on the list of the victims now we have more than 17,000 Jews that means um, something 15 to 70 percent of the of the victims were the Jews more than 50 percent were the uh, were the Serbs um, something like um, something like a little bit more than the 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 the, the, the Jews they were there was uh, there were Roma who were killed and then the rest were Croats and the others so um, uh, what to say in this Yasenovac, uh people were killed um, there were no gas chambers most of the people were killed uh, by knives and other tools and they were not shot to death. Uh, and it's horrifying. The other thing is uh, that uh, the perpetrators, the murderers, were coming from the same social uh, social circles. That means that they were mostly peasants, uh, primitive. Some of them were um, knew almost nothing. They were not schooled. So... Uh, and sometimes they were speaking before uh, if they were if the the inmates were in the in the camp and they were working so uh, it was really uh, uh, every in some situation it was everyday contact uh, contact between the inmates and uh, and the ustasha guard and at the end of the day sometimes those ustasha who knew for months those people who 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 were uh, who were in the camp killed them. So something what I should um, underline as a as a thing which was in Yasin or what's happening. Um, I'm I'm saying this because um, in months to come my book on Yasin or what's will be published by Holocaust Museum, Washington United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, and Cornell University Press. It will happen the publication. Uh, the the book will be published sometimes the end of this year 22 24 sorry to to 24 or beginning of uh, 2025 so um i i hope that uh, uh international particular american and canadian public but also it will be distributed throughout the world and i am really appreciate and i thank all the all the people who were engaged in this uh, process to um for for this publication it's it really means something to me although i published many books some something like 20 25 um, various editions so i'm not eager to to have uh, these books i mean it's not something new in my career, but uh, well, when Cornell and Holocaust Museum are doing that, it's really a, a great thing. Can you tell us about the break-in into the psychiatric hospital in Vrabchi in September 1944, which was carried out on the pretext that Jews, Serbs, and communists were hiding among the inmates? Can you describe this episode and what transpired? 
Yeah, well, uh, the last big deportation of the Jews happened in May 43. Uh, it was uh, done in the cooperation between um, the Nazis and the Ustasha. Ustasha rounded up the Jews and then the Nazi and they were transferred to the one of the railway stations in Zagreb where the vagans were waiting and then they were brought to Auschwitz directly. Practically nobody nobody uh, survived. Nobody went came back uh, from Auschwitz. Out, uh, they were about thousand two hundred, maybe. Well, around uh, one uh, twelve hundred Jews were deported in that deportation in May, and Zagreb was at that point two years before the end of the war, practically Judenfrei. That means uh, there were no Jews living, although uh, although there were some which were hidden or some of them who were uh, uh, spared during, because they were in mixed marriages with Catholics. Uh, some of them were working for the regime, not very few with, who were working for the regime, so they were in a way... Um, uh, 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 preserved from the deportation, uh, and there were some 20, 30, maybe 40 of them who were hidden in the psychiatric uh, hospital in Vrapce, which was uh, in those times suburbs of Zagreb. Now it's part of Zagreb in the northwestern part of Zagreb. Uh, they were kept there. Um, for for years, some of them were really sick. Some of them we know that they were there for many years. And they were really sick. So some of them were hidden, and uh, because that uh, that secret was revealed, and the Ustasha knew that many people were there in in the hospital so uh, at one point as you said uh, that was autumn september 44 just a few months before the end of the war uh, they entered the squad led by uh, one of the butchers of yasinovats who came back for that for some uh, for that and the other reasons he came from yasinovats to zagreb that was uh, his name was Ljubo milos uh, they went to 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 a psychiatric hospital that they, they took the the prisoners not only the jews but the serbs the anti-fascists and they um, they took them away nobody knows where they were killed but definitely they were killed very soon after they left the hospital so it was one of the biggest uh, ustasha crimes after may 43 because uh, Holocaust in um, Croatia, in Zagreb, practically, uh, I mean, the mass deportations ended in May 30, uh, 43. So that was at, in the last two years of the Second World War, the biggest crime which uh, was committed by the Ustasha or by the Nazis against the Jews uh, uh, in, in Zagreb and in Croatia. Can you tell us about the Yadovno death camp? What kinds of cruelties were perpetrated there? Well, Yadovno is another one. The first death camp organized by the Ustasha only in, uh, already in in July forty one. Uh, 
at the beginning of, of the war. Uh, before that, the, the Jews were rounded up, sent to concentration camps. Uh, that was Danica on the north of, in the north of Croatia, uh, and the others, Kushitsa in central Bosnia. And then they were at the end of month of June, uh, beginning of July, they were many of them, hundreds, maybe 2,000 Jews, and then something like 20, 25,000 Serbs. So Yadovno was one of the camps in the mountain of Velebit, which is not far, which is um, on the Adriatic coast. And uh, uh, that was one camp in the mountain. And there were also holes uh, because it's um, a very specific uh, uh, geological formation there. So you have uh, uh, pits, you have... Uh, um, uh, 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 caves there. Uh, Yadovnos was uh, the most um, well-known camp in the mountain, but the pits and the caves was something like 20, maybe 25 pits were there where the, the, the prisoners, the inmates were thrown. And then there were two camps on the island of Pag, neighboring island of Pag, where the, the Serbs and the Jews were uh, 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 sent and where they were killed. So Yadovno is in the mountain of Velebit. Uh, it is uh, um, something like 800 meters altitude. Although it was Ju July, August, that was uh, 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 it was hot, quite hot, but in the mountain. Uh, it was the peak of the summer, but in the mountain, even in those times, uh, the, the temperatures were uh, during the night almost zero. So it was very cold. The prisoners, uh, and it was different in Yasinoa. Some of the prisoners were uh, working in Yasinoa because it was also a working camp. In Yadovno, they were doing nothing. Yadovno was just um, the, the, the camp of Yadovno was. Uh, um, on a on a meadow in the in the middle of the mountain, and the prisoners were coming, and the some of them, after staying there for some time, maybe days, couple of days, maybe two or three weeks, they were sent to the neighboring pits where they were killed. Be in um, they were thrown in the pits. Whether we don't know whether they were killed before they were they were thrown to the pit, or they were just pushed in the pit, and the pit were very uh, 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 maybe fifty or the uh, <laughs> the pits were very um, how do you say book. Um, uh, the, uh, well, the, uh, they were very deep. Sorry, the pits were very deep, and of course, uh, falling at uh, in the pit, uh, uh, they, and they were killed. So, Yadovno was uh, one of the camps at the beginning of the war. Uh, it created. It was in the region of Lika. It was um, Lika was. Uh, some parts of Rika uh, were 
populated mostly by the Serbs, the other parts by the Croats. So it was a mixed area of the mixed population. So the Serbs facing deportation to the deportations to the camps, uh, camp of Yadovnom and the others, uh, uh, threatened by mass mass deportations to Serbia because that was also organized by the state started the uprising in July 20 uh, at the end of July just two or three weeks after the the camp of Yadovno was created so um, the uprising started and that created a great turmoil in the whole state because this was not concentrated on only on Lika but on neighboring uh, areas where the important um, mines were where they were roads which were blocked because of the uprising and the production of uh, coal uh, uh, production of uh, um, uh, coal and other minerals uh, was stopped and the transports towards Reich were blocked so the, uh, the the Italians and the Germans as occupiers uh, were blaming the the Ustasha for creating a complete mess. So uh, Italians uh, uh, occupied the area of Yadovno and neighboring concentration camps. So Yadovno was abandoned uh, and closed. And uh, um, sometimes in um, around uh, mid-August, 15th, 16th of August, 1941. So the uh, uh, survivors, something like 4,000 uh, uh, inmates, women, children, men, were transported to other camps, and the men were transported to Yasenovac. That's how the history of the camp, of working camp and death camp of Yasenovac started end of August, 1941 when the Yadovno and the uh, other camps in Velebit and two camps at the Isle of Park, Metaina and Slana, were closed. Uh, yeah, uh, Italians, when the Italian army entered the, the area and found uh, 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 the proofs of the mass crimes, they made many reports, and these reports are available today. They are published. We know for them, and these are the best testimonies of the cruelty of the Ustasha regime. Not only cruelty, but uh, the, the proofs of the uh, genocide which was committed. So uh, in those days today, when we have to fight uh, revisionists and neo-Ustasha who are denying the crimes, these Italian testimonies and German testimonies as well of, of the crimes committed by Ustasha are the best proof that these people in Croatia, and not only in Croatia, revisionism is spread throughout Europe in, in many ways, in many aspects, and we what we have to uh, work on and we have to fight really, this is revisionism. Of course, uh, these revisionists uh, do not care about the historical reality. They have political goals, and they are denying what uh, historical sources, sources are saying. Nevertheless, uh, uh, the history of uh, Yadovno 
uh, now is uh, well known. We have books, we have uh, uh, sources which were, which are published. So nothing is hidden. Nothing can be, in fact, if you want to really to confront with the truths, historical truths, you will be able to to understand what uh, horrifying things were happening there. In the other way, in the and the uh, the whole area in the, in the times already. Uh, when the Holocaust, uh, when the mass killing started in in the so-called independent state of Croatia, that was July '41, uh, coincidence with the uh, Hitler's attack on um, uh, uh, on Russia, on the Soviet Union, is not uh, is not by chance. Pavelic started the mass crimes in these uh, days where. The, the 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 when this invasion uh, organized by Reich started towards Russia uh, to, to towards uh, 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 Soviet Union, so they could the Ustasha crime in those time in those days could have been, I would say, hidden or at least uh, uh, nobody would. Uh, care too much about the hundreds and thousands of people who were ki- killed in those days. So uh, already in in um, uh, summer 41, Ustasha uh, were, were uh, uh, seen as uh, uh, war criminals. We didn't have to uh, wait for, uh, in, for previous months or after the war to reveal all their crimes. Can you tell us about the El Shat refugee camp in Egypt? What were conditions mm-hmm. like there? Who was held there? El Shat is a, a very particular episode of the war anti-fascist struggle in uh, in Croatia. Uh, something different from the from the Holocaust. Well, uh, uh, Italy capitulated, as you know, in September '43. And uh, m- many the the uh, Dalmatia as the coastal and southern region of um, of Croatia has been almost completely liberated by the partisans, uh, by the uh, who then in those times already uh, were very much supported by the British and American forces, which were in Italy, and uh, Dalmatia is uh, on the other bank of Adriatic, eastern coast of Adriatic is Dalmatia, and the uh, western coast is uh, Italy, or mm, some northern or west, uh, eastern parts of Italy, like uh, Bari, uh, Taranto, Brindisi, Ancona. These, these were, uh, not Ancona, but the southern parts of uh, uh, Italy were uh, controlled by the uh, uh, by the British and American forces. So, uh, the partisans were quite strong. But then, in end of uh, maybe a week after me, week or two after uh, Italy capitulated, the strong German forces uh, were were organized and um, came to were advancing towards Dalmatia and split as well. Partisans were, and in those times, not so strong to to be able to confront 
directly with the Nazis, so they had to retreat. And in the process of retreating, which was not, uh, uh, which was organized, they were uh, taking civilian population with them. Uh, those civilians, Dalmatians, didn't have anywhere to go but to uh, leave Dalmatia, and with the Brit with the help of the Brits, the Br British and American forces, they were transferred to El Shat. El Shat is on Sinai now in Egypt. Uh, in El Shat, uh, uh, they created a huge camp. Tens of thousands of people came to the this desert and uh, uh, organized not only uh, 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 organized life. That means that uh, they were not only living there, but they were they had schools, kindergartens, uh, cultural life. Uh, not too many Jews were there, but. Uh, there were some some Jews there. Most of the the, the El Shat uh, uh, people who were there were 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 were, uh, were Croats. And then at the end of the war, uh, they in and already in end, end forty four, beginning of forty five, they all came back. We have still in Croatia many uh, many who. Well, they're in El Shat now. They are in their 80s or early 90s, but they still can talk about this uh, um, this episode, which is very specific for the Second World War. But um, and then uh, you have youngsters whose uh, grandmothers or grandfathers, or even grand now grand grandmothers or grand grandfathers, were uh, were there in El Shat. So, uh, uh, and this is one of the. Uh, also, uh, 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 episodes or things which were strongly linking uh, or making uh, this um, brothers in arms alliance between the Brits uh, and Americans on one side and with the Croatian and Yugoslav partisans on the other side, they were brothers in arms. That that is something very uh, important in our culture of memory to. To, to speak about that alliance, which was uh, very fruitful at the end. Uh, we were fighting and we, uh, we, we, uh, we, at the end of the war, we were, um, we were winners uh, due to this alliance. And uh, uh, the, despite the fact that uh, the partisans were organized and led by the communists, and the Brits and the Americans were non-communists. Uh, this was, I would say, something like trans-ideological alliance, which uh, was working very, very well. Um, the the prime minister, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, uh, said, um, "It's an anecdote, but I think that um, it's it's truth in a way." Anthony Eden, who was Minister of Foreign Affairs. Uh, told Churchill, uh, uh, Mr. Prime Minister, but you see the partisans are communists, or mostly led by the communists, and so we are helping them, and they will take over uh, uh, Yugoslavia at the end of the war because due to our help as well. So uh, why we are helping them? And then Churchill asked, hey, Mr. Eden, 
uh, after the war, uh, do you plan to live in Yugoslavia? And Anthony and uh, Eden said, of course not. So why do you care? These uh, Yugoslav partisans are fighting with our arms. They are fighting the Germans. They will die instead of British soldiers. So it is our, and uh, we will end the war um, faster than without their help. So that was the reason why this trans-ideological trans alliance worked really well. And of course, it was the 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 uh, basis for uh, Yugoslav Yugoslav socialistic regime after war, particularly after 1948, where when we had the split between uh, uh, Yugoslavia and the Eastern Bloc to create to to create in Yugoslavia, let's say. A semi-democratic regime in next decades under Tito, which was not, which was neither east nor west, and which was uh, um, at least more open to the to the Western influence and to Western politics than other Eastern European countries. Can you compare and contrast Germany's and Italy's roles in and relationships to the Holocaust as it was carried out in Croatia? What were the similarities and differences between Ante Pavlic's relations with Benito Mussolini and with Adolf Hitler? How were the dynamics of German-Croatian relations different from Italian-Croatian relations? Well, uh, I would I have to correct you. We we do not speak about German-Croatian relations. We speak about German-Ustasha relations and uh, Italian-Ustasha because Croats uh, do not um, uh, identify them themselves today with Ustasha. They are mostly, or many of them are identifying themselves as with the partisans. So, if you speak about the Croats, Croatian partisans, uh, anyway. Uh, the, this uh, story uh, and these uh, relations between Ustasha and, uh, on one hand, the, the Nazis, on the other hand, of the Italians, is very complex, and uh, I would need a lot of time to to go into into detail. But let's let's put it very. Um, to, I'll I'll try to give you a a broad broader picture. Uh, under the Yugoslav monarchistic regime in the interwar period, which was um, uh, uh, quite undemocratic, there was a terror against the communists and national nationalists, and there was uh, a unit, a strong, uh, a great Serbian or unitarian regime. Uh, the 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 Croatian. Uh, 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 the Croatian uh, opposition, radical deposition was organized. Of course, there was a um, democratic life and the leading uh, leading Croatian party was moderate uh, Croatian peasant party, but they were also radicals led by Ante Pavelic, Ante Pavelic, uh, Ustasha, they were they were called uh, after the war uh, during the war they were called Ustasha before the war they were Frankists uh, um, called Frankists so uh, Pavelic uh, left 
fled from Yugoslavia in 1921 after 29, sorry, 1929, after the King Alexander proclaimed dictatorship. And he left in, in years to come few hundred uh, uh, followers of his ideology left mostly for it for for Italy and in left uh, or were uh, emigrated to some other uh, European countries such as Germany Belgium etc etc so um, in Italy Pavelic lived. Italy was very interested in organizing opposition against the Yugoslav regime because they were never hiding their uh, ambitions to occupy parts of uh, Adriatic coast, which they thought that they have right because of some historical, uh, they had some historical arguments, which I don't think are valid. But nevertheless, they are. Uh, uh, they supported Pavelic. And Pavelic was living 12 years in Italy. He, be he became Italian, so-called, it I would say, Italian man, uh, who was um, uh, uh, controlled by the Italians, paid by the Italians. Uh, but throughout the 30s, uh, and he was, of course, uh, very close uh, uh, politically, ideologically, to Benito Mussolini. In the meantime, in the 30s, particularly in the second half of the 30s, Pavelic was um, uh, becoming closer and closer to Germany. Germany was very uh, more and more present in the southeast European area um, after... Uh, uh, Anschluss of Austria in 1938, they became neighbor of Yugoslavia. And uh, that's why Pavelic started to speak before 36. He didn't even speak about the Jews. He was speaking, he was uh, speaking against the Serbs, against Yugoslavia. But then more and more he was uh, uh, acquiring some uh, anti Semitic attitudes and uh, was getting closer to the Germans. So he was, uh, in a way, uh, uh, and when Yugoslavia was dissoluted in 1941, uh, the Germans uh, and the Italians didn't know what to do with the territory of Croatia and neighboring countries of Bosnia. So at the end of the day, the Italians came with the with the idea to install Pavelic because the Germans wanted to uh, organize uh, Croatian politicians, but modest Croatian politician, politicians didn't want to have anything with the Germans or the Italians. They were pro-British or pro-democratic pro, pro orientated. So uh, the Italians and or the Germans didn't have any other uh, alternative then to to install Pavelic. Pavelic was uh, uh, then uh, becoming closer to 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 uh, 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 to the Germans. The Germans, of course, uh, proclaimed already some years before racial laws. They were very quickly introduced in uh, in the Ustasha state. The uh, anti-Semitic uh, 
the propaganda, the crimes against the Jews started almost a couple of days after the creation of Ustasha State, and three or four, three months, um, less than three months after the creation of the state, that means beginning of July, mass killings of the Jews uh, started. Uh, and Germans were supporting in their anti-Jewish uh, uh, politics the Ustasha. So they were, Ustasha was supported by the Germans on one hand. On the other hand, the Italians also proclaimed racial laws in Italy in 1938. Uh, they had the so-called uh, Razza Italiana, proclaimed as um, Italian race against the Slavs, against the Jews, and the, the Slav, the Jews, with those, the others. Uh, so um, Italians were, were anti-Semitic. Still, when they saw what is happening in the Ustasha state and how the Ustasha started to kill the Jews and the Serbs, uh, they were they opposed. So many Jews, or some, well, those who were able to leave the, the territory controlled by the Ustasha fled to the Adriatic coast under the, the, under, at the territory controlled by the Italians. And that's how they survived. Uh, when uh, Hitler demand, demanded, asked Mussolini to uh, transfer those Jews who were controlled, who were on the territory controlled by the Italians, Mussolini refused, and uh, that was in '42. Uh, so uh, many Jewish historians and in the historiography in general, uh, many have sympathies for the Italians. Well, uh, I'm not um, sharing that view, at, le at, not, at least not 100%, because what was going on with the Italians, I mean, uh, the Italians maybe at the, at the end of the day didn't want to, uh, do, to, to leave the Jews to, well, to, to, to transfer Jews to the Germans and to send them to the camps, but uh, they committed many war crimes against the Croats against the Serbs, uh, against civilian population in Croatia and other parts in former Yugoslavia. Uh, they were supporting uh, war efforts of of Germany, and they sent even their units all the way to Stalingrad. They were, the, the Italian units were fighting in uh, in in uh, Soviet Union, so they were uh, very much supporting general uh, general uh, uh, general german war efforts that means that they were supporting indirectly uh, the holocaust and the mass crimes committed against the jews and the others by the nazis so the responsibility of the italian uh, italians although at the at, in the last stage of the Holocaust, they didn't want to participate. Uh, that means uh, let the Jews go to the death camps organized by the Germans. But before that, in all other stages in uh, German war efforts, uh, in Italians were there, very active. And uh, we cannot, uh, uh, we cannot, uh, I mean, um, there is no possibility for uh, for letting uh, for uh, not uh, blaming the Italians 
for the mass crimes or for the Holocaust as well. Maybe indirectly, but there is no, their responsibility is is still huge, and I have no sympathy for for the Italians, as uh, some historians throughout decades were expressing. Can you tell us about the various subcamps of Yasenovac? How did Camp 1, Camp 2, Camp 3, Camp 4, and Camp 5 differ? Well, Yasenovac was organized in August 41. Yasenovac 1 and 2. Uh, first of all, I have to say that some Ustasha high officials uh, went uh, in spring, summer 41 to Germany, where they were uh, informed uh, in uh, in the camp not far from Berlin, Sachsen's, called Sachsenhausen Oranienburg. They saw how this camp was created and how it worked. So uh, uh, Sachsenhausen Oranienburg was... Um, organized as um, as a working camp and the people inmates were working there uh, making various uh, uh, products uh, uh, in the during the four years of or more of the existence of the camp on one hand on one hand but on the other hand uh, these people these inmates, were killed massively in uh, various uh, in various ways. They were either killed uh, directly, shot to death, uh, because uh, many were coming and not too many were able to work. So the surplus of the inmates were, were was killed by the by the Nazis, or they were killed due to the uh, hunger due to the um, epidemics, pandemics, which were um, because um, the the inmates were uh, exhausted. So uh, we know the um, I mean the uh, uh, the research made by the Germans after the war revealed the number the the the. the uh, Revealed the list of the or the names of hundred uh, hundred and four thousand inmates who were killed in uh, Sachsenhausen and Annenburg. What does it mean? What does it what does it say? Uh, comparing with Yasenovac, yes, that was working camp, but in the same time as Sachsenhausen or Annen was was Yasenovac not only working camp, by the death camp. So in Yasenovas, well, the situation in Yasenovas was a little bit different from Sachsenhausen and Annenburg because after uh, uh, a few months when all, only the, the the male were coming, mostly first in first phase, only well, mostly the, the Jews, and then after a couple of months, many Serbs were coming and the Serbs became majority in the camp through all Throughout all these years, uh, in the meantime, the Jews were massively killed. So, uh, uh, all, already in um, spring '42, uh, women and children were coming to the camp, mostly Serbs, uh, and it became uh, and many of those who were coming 
close to the camp when would never entered Yasenovac, the central central camp in Yasenovac. It was uh, Yasenovac number three, but they were transferred to the other bank of Sava because Yasenovac was on the river Sava, on the left bank of the river Sava. The, the inmates were transferred, the, the people were transferred from uh, the, the entrance of Yasenovac three to the other bank of Sava, and they were killed there on the spot. So the, the, the most of the people never entered the camp, civilians, that was civilians, uh, the males who, who were not able to work, uh, women, children, elderly people, uh, Serbs, Roma, Jews, Croatian anti-fascists. Uh, in the beginning, back going back to what you were asking about Yasenovac numbers of Yasenovac, Yasenovac number one and two were created in August forty-one, couple of kilometers from the uh, village of Yasenovac, uh, uh, somewhere in the woods. But uh, the the central Yasenovac camp where the factories were already installed and created and built before the war because it was a huge uh, industrial complex on the near the the, the village of Yasenovac. Uh, Ustasha needed a couple of months to 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 create uh, conditions for acquiring a larger number of inmates. So sometimes in uh, November 41, when they prepared, made these preparations, the inmates from Yasenovac 1 and 2 were, were transferred to uh, Yasenovac 3. And from then, from November 41, Yasenovac 3 was functioning till the end, till the, the liberation of the camp in April 40, 45. That means almost... Uh, um, Three, 42 months or something like that, three and a half years of uh, the, the camp existed. And uh, uh, that's the history, core history. The uh, Yasenovac 4 was a little camp in the village of Yasenovac where they produced leather and then all the things from leather, shoes, uh, um, leather bags, etc., etc. It was smaller camp, and uh, number Yasenovac number five, five was um, Stara Gradishka, Another uh, that was the jail already built by Austro-Hungary in the Austro-Hungarian times at the at the end of nineteenth century, and then it was prison for many years. The uh, the Ustasha. Uh, created a, a camp there. Uh, why? What is the difference between the camp and the prison? The prison, in prison, the people were sent a call after they were sentenced by the court for some reasons. In the camp, uh, in the camp of Yasenovac 5 or Stara Gradishka or any camp, uh, any camp in the Yasenovac complex, the people were sent without any sentence. They were sent there either because of uh, being uh, Serb, Croat, the uh, Serb, Jew, Roma, or by uh, because of the fact that they were uh, either partisan or 
close to the partisan movement. So uh, that was really the camp. Uh, not only Yasenovac 5, Stara Gradishka, but also these Yasenovac from 1 to, to 4 as well. And they were so-called economists. They were uh, around, uh, around Yasenovac uh, in the vicinity in the proximity and the, in uh, around the, uh, in the in the circle around the Asinovas, they were uh, 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 they organized in some villages some kind of camp where the uh, uh, the, the the people were mostly um, well the inmates were working in uh, in agriculture because many villages around the Asinovas were uh, were cleaned up. They Ustasha committed ethnic cleansing, or um, the 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 people were sent to the people were sent uh, to to Yasenovac. So the, the 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 places were deserted, and in that situation, the inmates from Yasenovac were coming, working there for a couple of months, uh, producing food. And other necessities, and then uh, when the winter came, they were either executed or went uh, went back to the camp. So these were so-called economies around Yasenova. So it's a really a complex uh, it's a complex history, uh, which still arouses uh, uh, many discussions in the ex-Yugoslav area. Um, Speaking about the nature of the camp, speaking about the uh, uh, speaking about the number of victims, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It will be uh, I will speak in detail in in my book, which will be published, and I am uh, um, very much um, uh, willing to participate in any future debate about Yasenovac because it's a still a very uh, very hot. Uh, very hot subject politically. I mean, can you describe the activities of Archbishop Aloisie Stepinats? Oh uh, well, he was Archbishop of Zagreb. Yeah, uh, the history of the Catholic Church in Croatia during the Ustasha during the Second World War is very much linked with the uh, general history of the Catholic Church. Um, Throughout the world and during the the World War Second, uh, as you know, for sure, it is a very complex situation, very complex history under debate. Uh, it is uh, they are they are confronting memories. Of course, uh, yes. First of all, one has to say that. Uh, uh, Archbishop Sepinas was a loyal follower of the Vatican politics. Uh, that he was also very much involved in the, the discussions before the war about the racial laws. He was uh, opposing the racial laws, speaking uh, about them as something what is uh, against the human dignity, etc., etc. Still. After creation of the Ustasha independent state of Croatia in April 41, he supported the state. He uh, expressed uh, uh, his loyalty. He was, uh, in many cases, in many occasions, very close to. Uh, uh, he was uh, 
publicly uh, supporting the regime, parades, uh, um, various ceremonies, uh, various various anniversaries, uh, first, uh, the first year of after the creation of Croatia, uh, independent state of Croatia, he was there. So um, he was close to the <laughs> close to the government. And nevertheless, he tried to save uh, individuals, Jews, Serbs, Croats. We have uh, we have uh, 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 confirmation for that. Sometimes he succeeded, sometimes he didn't. In 42-43, when uh, after partisans became, were becoming, in those months when partisans were becoming stronger and stronger, uh, Stepinac uh, exposed uh, his attitudes towards the partisans and uh, thought that uh, he cannot uh, support the Ustasha on one hand, but he thought that the Catholic Church has more uh, dangerous uh, enemy in the partisans, in the communist partisans. And that was his point of view and his general strategy from 42-43 till then the end of the war. This is something which is historically and morally inadmissible. Although the partisans were the communists, and you know that the church had a long and very uh, sad history with uh, the communism from the October Russian Revolution 1917 till uh, till the Spanish World World uh, Civil War in the 30s, but still uh, we have to say that Yasin, uh, that Archbishop Stepinac by choosing to support Ustasha regime versus the new the partisans had made a huge ideological and political mistake and moral as well so uh, uh, he was tried after the war as a war criminal archbishop was not stepinac was not a war criminal and i think that uh, new communist or uh, socialistic yugoslav regime made a mistake by uh, suing him and um, sending him to jail. Nevertheless, we have t- to say that uh, Stepinac was morally, morally responsible, and that uh, for supporting the Ustasha, uh, although he knew what is happening, what was happening in Yasino, what what happened in Yadovno, and uh, uh, what is the true nature of the Ustasha regime, he still thought that. The Ustasha, who were mostly Catholics, but some of them, uh, there was a minority of Muslims who also supported the regime, that as good Catholics, true believers, uh, traditionalists, uh, are closer to the uh, uh, to to the church than the communists. Who communists who were saying that um, uh, the church or the religion is narcotic. Uh, 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 drugs for the nation, drugs for the uh, or drug for the people. Uh, he saw the communism as the church already uh, have has chosen during the Spanish Civil War that the main enemy is communism. So uh, 
this is something the basic attitude, the basic uh, 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 assessment of what Sepinac is doing. Now, of course, his position, his role, history uh, of the uh, of his history, personal history, and then history of the Catholic Church in Croatia and neighboring countries is far more complex than. Well, then this what I was able to say just these couple of minutes. But still, I think that I gave the core. They are presented the core of the problem. How did Turkish diplomats respond to the Ustasha regime and to the Holocaust in Croatia? How did Ankara respond to what was taking place? Well, uh, 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 okay, Turkish. Well. Um, these uh, diplomats who were there, only nine uh, countries throughout the world recognized independent state of Croatia. Of course, uh, it, uh, Vichy, France, or some other uh, satellites, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, recognized Croatia as well as Turkey. But uh, their role in uh, in uh, uh, in uh, in the history of uh, Ustasha regime, Ustasha state is of is really not relevant. The most important, the most important, or the key factors in the internal internal policy of the Ustasha were the Germans and the Italians, and they were um, that was. Um, the, in fact, uh, independent state of Croatia was not a state, not the state. It was a colony. It was a protectorate uh, by the Germans and by the Italians. And nothing could have, uh, uh, the Ustasha could do nothing uh, without uh, asking or getting permission uh, uh, in the northern parts, which were controlled by the Germans without their will, and in the southern parts, which were controlled before the uh, capitulation of Italy by the Italians, without their will. So it was not what we say in, in Croatia, in neighboring countries, independent state of Croatia was neither independent, neither nor the state, nor the Croatian state, because uh, 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 um, the Ustasha had to uh, recognize the Italian rule of the Eastern Adriatic coast and um, imagining Croatia without its coast and without um, all all that which is now touristically very important, this is not Croatia. It was uh, 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 Croatia was uh, uh, as I said, controlled it was some kind of satellite so speaking about independent state of Croatia, we cannot speak about its independence. It was just, uh, um, well, it was named independent, but in fact, it was not. It was a colony. Can you describe the Krušica camp in Bosnia? What was distinctive about it? Well, uh, Krušica is, uh, was one of the working camps. As uh, I spoke, uh, I mentioned Danica near Koprivnica in northern Croatia and Tushica was one of one of the camps in central Bosnia, where uh, in the first phase of the uh, genocide, where most mostly Jews, women and children, 
uh, males, women and children, and some Serbs as well, uh, transferred from the cities of central Bosnia, uh, uh, mostly Sarajevo and the others. Uh, from Kruščica, they were transferred to Jadovno, to Gospić, as I said, and to Jado, and from Gospić to Jadovno and other camps. And uh, and women and children were transferred to the camp of Jakovo in northern Croatia, where they lived for year, uh, uh, sorry, for less than a year, and then they were almost everybody was killed uh, in in Jasenovac in June, beginning of July '42. That means uh, that Krušica, its history was uh, um, quite short after summer 41 it was closed so it was one as many others uh, it was one of the uh, transport or uh, uh, transport camps in the in the independent state of croatia we had about 30 camps either death camp, death camps uh, transit camps working camps uh, uh, organized by the Ustasha regime. Can you say more about the Dakovo camp? Well, this is, as I said, Jakovo, yeah. We pronounce it Jakovo. It was um, organized end of 42, uh, end of, sorry, 41, beginning of uh, 42. Uh, it, uh, the, the majority of, the, it was uh, uh, organized for the women and children. It was um, mostly uh, the uh, Bosnian Jews, Bosnian women, Jewish women and children were sent to the camp, not too many from uh, some other parts of Croatia. Of course, when I say Bosnia, most of them were coming from Sarajevo. Uh, About more than 3,000 women and children were in the camp in the beginning of uh, 42, and the epidemics of typhoid started in those uh, in those those weeks, and um, uh, the women and children were starving and were uh, some of them out of starvation or from the disease uh, passed away. So um, because of these uh, epidemics, there were plans to. Uh, 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 to to uh, 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 close the camp and send the prisoners to some other camps, but uh, uh, Ustasha did it at the end, sometimes end of June, beginning of July. Uh, they sent all the women and children, all of them really, to Yasenovac where they were killed. They didn't even enter the camp, but they were transferred to the other bank of Sava. In the meantime, uh the uh, something like 625 women and children died out of starvation and disease in the camp in this uh, five six months of its existence um even today every year there is a ceremony in in Jakovo uh, uh commemoration for for the victims of the of the camp uh, in the revisionist circles, in last couple of years, there was um, somebody 
started to spread uh, a, a, a theory that those um, women and children were not killed in Yasinovac, but that they were killed in uh, uh, in uh, Auschwitz or sent to Auschwitz and killed there. But this is that there is no uh, there are no there is no evidence or the uh, the evidence uh, well. Uh, there is no evidence for that, and this is one of the rumors and one, I would say, one of the lies which is uh, spread from revisionist circles in in Croatia. And um, uh, this is what I was describing, and my some of my colleagues uh, were describing in our papers and the works um, in the last couple of years. Can you describe the experiences of Jews who tried to hide? from persecution by seeking shelter in Zagreb's hospitals? Uh, this is one, another chapter in this tragedy. Uh, the Jewish community of Zagreb was functioning throughout the, the whole war, even after the, the, the chief rabbi Shalom Feiberger and uh, the president of the community Hugo Kohn were uh, deport, uh, deported to Auschwitz in May '43, there were certain people who continued to work in the in the community. The main uh, reason for for functioning was uh, to help inmates in the camps, uh, and this was this was uh, done by the uh, the leadership of the community till the end of the war. That means '44. Till the liberation. Uh, in the meantime, one of the ways, one of the concepts for for uh, uh, for 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 hiding or for uh, trying to save their lives was uh, to hide in the hospitals. Uh, one of the hospital now in Vinogradska, but uh, it's part of Zagreb. Uh, had uh, some kind of contract with uh, uh, the the Jewish community because people, the Jews during the war didn't have any money. They were uh, without, uh, uh, they were uh, uh, unemployed. They didn't have, uh, they were rid of any possibility to get any money because they were bank accounts were closed, etc., etc. So when they were uh, when they were having some kind of uh, necessity to go to the hospital, the, the Jewish community was paying for them to stay in the hospital. Some of them who were not, uh, 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 some of them were ill, some of them were trying to hide in the hospitals. Some of them succeeded in hiding in these hospitals, not only in Vinogatska, but, uh, and, but in the others as well. Uh, as they were doing that in Vrapce, that was psychiatrical hospital. In the others, um, they they didn't they couldn't stay. And uh, when the deportations were coming, and the people knew that something is organized, and then the well, the, the the situation in Zagreb was uh, hysteric throughout the war years. There were rumors that the uh, Ustasha will round up and that it will happen in a couple of days and they there were rumors going all during the whole war, uh, whole war that something is going to happen sometimes the rumors 
were right. Some of uh, sometimes the rumors were just rumors. So um, they were hiding in the ho- in the hospitals, as I said. Sometimes, uh, and sometimes uh, those even who were hiding before deportations, the people were uh, the the doctors were saying to them, "We cannot, uh, we cannot uh, hide you. We cannot help you." Uh, the Ustasha know that you are here, so not only uh, you will be you will be deported, but even we will be won't be spared. So uh, it is a it is a history where well people were helping, and uh, uh, in some situations uh, they couldn't. So uh, uh, it is neither black or or white. Can you describe the experiences of Croatian Jews who converted to Islam or married Muslim spouses to evade persecution? Oh, uh, well, it's um, it's one chapter I dedicated to conversions. Most of the Jews uh, who converted converted to Catholicism. Uh, at one point, for them, it seemed that that will be the way to save their lives. And that's true. Many more, the percentage of the Jews who were say who converted to Catholicism is much higher than those, the, the percentage of those who were who uh, who stayed in Judaism. But uh, many who converted to Catholicism uh, didn't didn't survive. So it didn't help. Why? It didn't help because the Ustasha uh, didn't see the Jewish problem as a religious one. They were speaking about the Jewish problem as a racial one. So the conversion didn't make Catholic out of Jew. The Jew stayed the Jew, and this is what uh, I'm just quoting some of the Ustasha uh, sources. So the Jews, the a Jew remains a Jew, and uh, no matter whether he uh, accepted Catholicism as uh, or Christ, uh, Christianity as religion, some of uh, the 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 Jews we know for a couple of women, not too many. Uh, converted to Islam because uh, they were they found uh, uh, Muslims whom they married and uh, this is how uh, it worked and I think that those uh, those women survived we had no uh, I didn't have any proof that they survived but uh, as we we don't have uh, uh, proved that they were uh, they were killed during the Holocaust. I think that they survived in the in the Muslim uh, some Muslim society, some parts parts of uh, Muslim parts of the society in Bosnia where I, where they lived be, uh, till the, the till the uh, liberation. As we bring this interview to a close, okay, tell us about. The work you've done since completing this book. Would you like to go into more detail about your forthcoming book on Yasenovats? Uh, well, my book on Yasenovats, uh, which I first edition, uh, first question edition was published in 2018. 
then I had Serbian edition next year, and uh, the second Croatian edition will be published till the end of this year. Um, I tried to make, um, of course, I gave chronology of all these horrors which were <laughs> happening in Yasinovac, how the Ustasha committed the, these horrible crimes. I gave chronology of the crime. I gave uh, the, the broader context of the uh, nature of the Ustasha state, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Ustasha state. Uh, I described uh, the, the biographies of, uh, uh, of uh, some most prominent Ustasha uh, war criminals in the in the, the in the camp just to understand that those uh, people were not uh, classical masculers, but some of them were very ordinary people. I'm following the famous uh, um, uh, thoughts of Hannah Arendt, who was describing the case of Adolf Eichmann, and I think that I found. Uh, uh, very uh, many similarities with the uh, war criminals uh, um, in Yasinovac with Eichmann as well. And then I, um, in some chapters, I tried to uh, describe the the history from uh, from uh, from beyond. That means uh, uh, what the people were eating. What they were not, uh, what the how they were eating and not eating, what they were thinking, what uh, how uh, what informations, what information they had from outside the camp, uh, what how the uh, the the uh, I have a whole chapter about the death how the people were killed, in which way they were killed, and there were many ways in, in which they were killed. So, um, unfortunately or fortunately, this is the, I can say that it is the first general history of Yasinovac, which will be published uh, uh, in, uh, in English language. Um, many things are published about Yasinovac in English, but this is what is, um, which gives... Uh, general picture of this, one of the most horrifying, not only Ustasha camps, but the Nazi or uh, camps uh, throughout Europe or uh, the, the camps which were controlled by the proxies of the Nazis throughout the, the Second World War. As we end today's dialogue, I am your host on the new Books and Jewish Studies podcast, Ari Barbalat. Today, I've been in dialogue with Evo Goldstein. We have discussed his newly published book, the Holocaust in Croatia, co-authored with Slavko Goldstein, published in Pittsburgh by University of Pittsburgh Press in association with the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum, 2016. Ivo graduated in history at the University of Zagreb and received his PhD in history from the University of Belgrade. Since 2001, he has served as a full professor at the Faculty of Humanities and Social Sciences in Zagreb. His initial areas of expertise were Byzantium and Croatian history in the Middle Ages. But since the late 1990s, he has focused on the Croatian history of the 20th century. Goldstein served as ambassador of Croatia to France and UNESCO between 2013 and 2017. 
In 2019, Evo Goldstein became a member of the Academy of Sciences and Arts of Bosnia and Herzegovina. In 2022, he became the Knight of the National Order of the Legion of Honor of the French Republic.